time for the Any Conversation Podcast with funny man Damian Lemon and the voice of your choice, Ali Muhammad. This is Damian Lemon. This is Ali Muhammad. And this is In The Conversation. The podcast. Yes, yes. We back. Another week in these streets. Coming through loud and clear in your ear. Gen- right, right. You know what I mean? I almost said January is almost over. June is almost over. Shit. We're going to the back July. half. Ain't that crazy, man? We in the back half of 2023. It's yes, been a blur. Been a beautiful blur, but it's been it felt like a blur. Mm-hmm. <sighs> How you doing, man? I'm man. I'm I'm good, man. I'm having a All great right. time in the blur, in the dash, as they would say. I'm doing mm-hmm. uh, what I could do before I get up out of here. Oh well, shit! Don't make it sound like it's so soon. Hey, you listen, know. man. You never know what day it may be. I'm just oh, letting y'all man. know my intentions. Uh, <laughs> a very special episode. So, so, so if it do happen, you niggas at least be able to say, "Oh no, the nigga was very intentional all the way. He died He's, on his path." <laughs> nigga saw it coming. It wasn't caught slipping. I knew it. That's his last words. I knew it. Oh shit, that's crazy. Yeah, man. But you know, shout out to. Being alive and listening, you know what I'm saying? Being Word. in this bitch, we here for today. Word. Oh, shit, but everything good, though, you said? Yeah, man, yeah, you said, you said uh, you know, out in the field, man. I was out in the field this weekend. Yeah? Yeah, woman on the street with Demetria Obaloa, you know what I'm saying? It, it was that was my, you know, first time outside in the field with her. So, you know, getting a chance to see you know how she move and, and how people respond to her, and you know her her fervent uh, fan base that you know recognize her driving down the street and pulling over, literally Ooh. stopping traffic. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, well that's so what's that up. Because cool. didn't she used to do traffic? Tell us a little bit about her. First of all, I never heard her last name pronounced, so I never. I always read her last name. I see her mm-hmm. on the on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. But uh, tell us a little bit about Demetria and this new show and what the people could expect. Okay. Um, Demetria was a, a newscaster. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure where she first started. I know she did stints in Texas and in Vegas. Um, <clears throat> but she was a newscaster. I think she did weather at one point. But she pretty much became famous as a, a traffic reporter. You know what I'm saying? So uh, she was uh, doing the traffic, you know, wearing a form-fitted dress. And, you know, there were people who were watching the news that were kind of like, she's she's too big to wear a dress like that, or she's too thick to wear a dress like that. That's too sexy yeah. for news, blah, blah, blah. blah. You know, she's a, she's a, a woman of, of, you know, of things. So, you know, it don't look like your, your typical, you know, waspy newscaster. So, okay. okay, you know what I'm saying? She was out there looking thick, you know? And so uh-huh. so she became known as Traffic Bay on the internet. And, okay. Um, so Traffic Bay, you know, have retorts, of course. You know what I'm saying? You, how you going to tell me that I can't do my job in the same dress that, you know what I'm saying, such and such could wear too? Why can't I wear the same outfit? Um, so she became like, a touch point for the body positivity conversation uh, for toxic haters and for 
you know, her supporters that, you know, still support her to this day in a major way. So uh, she was on BGS, on Black Girl Stuff, on Revolt, uh, season one. And then we we created the opportunity for her to do the show that we're doing now called Stopping Traffic with Demetria Obalor. That's what's up. And y'all was really out there stopping traffic in real yeah, life. Yeah, like in real life, she was really stopping Look the traffic. That. It was like, wow. Just, that. Yeah, that, that. That's, that's what it is. That shit real. You know that's crazy. Hey, I just want to, hey, you know, I'm just a fan. You know, I can't just take a, hey, man, we, we doing some work right now, player. <laughs> oh, Nick, but, wait, 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 wait. Cats is getting out the car. They saying nigga, this from the window. Nigga, this nigga was in an Uber. He was driving an Uber. <laughs> Driver. He dropped off. To the he, side, please. He dropped off a passenger, looked up, and saw us over there, and he pulled over, put his hazards on, and jumped out. Oh, an Uber driver. I thought somebody yeah. in the back of the Uber no, no, told no, his Uber, Uber to driver. Stop. Okay, mm, nah, got Uber you, driver. got you. Wow, okay. So that was interesting. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. fun. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, touching the different kinds of people. So it was all good. We was asking them questions that would relate to what we're going to do on the show. And, and you know, it, it gave me a glimpse at how, you know, good this thing could be. So... Um, we we super excited putting it together, and to, today we actually shot first three episodes, and you know we 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 have a first order of ten episodes, so that'll be dropping sometime this summer. Mm, that's what it is. That's what's up. Yeah, getting it popping over there on your producer game, huh? Your productive producer. That's what I'm trying to tell you, man. I'm trying to get it all out, man. Trying to get it all out. <coughs> Bless you. Sounds good. Nah, sounds yeah. good. That was a cough, but it's good. Oh you know, shit! You know what uh, it's can't, all good. Can't so. tell in the audio sphere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, it is what it is, man. Now that's what's up, man. Congrats on that, man. Appreciate um, you. Yeah, it's crazy. You got to order a ten. I'm over here watching the idol, <laughs> and uh, I'm four episodes in. This shit is starting to finally pivot. Plot wise, like I said, it was very feeling very one note first three episodes in. This shit started to pivot. Now we seeing the uh, homegirl Jocelyn. She ain't as stupid as you thought she was. She uh-huh. a little ruthless as well. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Let's embrace the turn. Shit about to get crazy. Good ass episode by you know Divine Joy. Mm-hmm. You know, then uh, I get to the end of the fourth episode. They start hitting me with the. Uh, the trailer for the next episode and they were like on the season finale wow I said, what <laughs> <laughs> five episodes in this that's abrupt <laughs> okay i'm like well maybe that you know sam levinson seems to be the man over there maybe this is just you know just a little quick flex he wanted to do maybe this was intentional then i i see on the uh on the internet they were saying that uh well, there's rumors. There's rumors going on. One, they said that it was supposed to be a six-episode order, which is still kind of concise mm-hmm. for a television show, especially of that magnitude. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a six-episode order, but then Sam got in and revamped it and told, he said he could tell a story in five episodes. I don't know what they're about to do in this last episode because uh, I still feel like there's a little bit more meat on the bone, but hey, that's maybe this is just a baby back rib. Who knows? <laughs> and then, then I seen that they were saying that it got uh, canceled off rip. There's no second season. 
And then HBO seemed to come back, say, nah, 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 that, that's, that's false. We haven't decided yet. Blah, they skip. But it seems like this was a troubled show from the door. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's very interesting. Do they? Have you been watching? Man, I went to go watch the shit. And then, you know, something came across my phone talking about it's been canceled after five episodes. See, I didn't read all deep into it. I'm thinking it's like at least a 10 episode, like most series. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking they just pulled out mid-season like, fuck it, it ain't working. Mm. I'm like, well, mm. shit, ain't no need of me getting invested in this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but but I, I was that. just, I was all uninformed with the shit though. You know what I'm saying? I ain't had the information, but that's all it took for me to be like, oh, well, shit, I got some other shit I need to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. I can see that. There's so much shit out now anyway. Uh, <clears throat> but it was interesting. It was interesting. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch all five episodes, see how it ends, how it finishes up. It, uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. It's not the worst. You know, I haven't really been reading a lot of reviews, but I have been hearing that a lot of reviews have been largely negative. A lot of people are hating on it for various reasons. I think that, uh, like I said last week, I think it's a little over the top. It's a little dramatic. It's a, uh, it has some cheese elements to it, and I thought that it was uh, a little one note until this past episode. <clears throat> I do feel like some of the performances are pretty cool. I like seeing Divine Joy Randolph. I think she's dope. Um, you know, uh, the weekend is all right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not mad at what... This is a good uh, debut into the acting game. We'll see what else he could do. My man that used to... What's my man's name? Hank Azaria. That's a good rebound from him because they was kind of at his head over the Apu situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so that was cool to see him. I forgot my homegirl's name that plays Nikki, the executive. She's dope. I didn't realize the lead actress who plays Jocelyn, that's actually Johnny Depp's daughter. Oh, that wow. was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Lily Rose Depp is her name. Mm. Um, it's cool. What I did like on this last one, and it kind of inspired uh, something I want to bring up in the moment, but um, <clears throat> it was, uh, it shows, I think we talked, I think I spoke to this last week uh, in the way that talent becomes a commodity. Right, and then you know about you know you always hear about the machine, the machine, the machine. You know, like when people get signed to a a, a major label, the machine is going to back them, or you know mm-hmm. that type of thing. Right, it's going to change their life. Right, so <clears throat> I think it's pretty well in- illustrated with these these characters. Right, so you got like the divine joy character, who I guess is like a manager, maybe even a product manager, or maybe part of the her own personal manager, but she's, you know, she's very hands-on with Jocelyn when mm-hmm. need be, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the character that she plays is is very even keel, go with the flow, not really ruffled by much. Because a lot of the shit that The weekend is doing to get certain things out of Jocelyn is well beyond the pale like this shit is crazy super unorthodox to the next level even to her (laughs) own even to her own admission but she'll say it on the phone you know privately with the other guy well um i think his name is jaime the guy that's playing um played by uh what's my man's name hank azaria 
Uh, <clears throat> but in the moment, she cool as a fan. She seems engaged, but at the same time, she seems not only engaged, but very present and invested, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you can go wild with your ideas, and I'm not going to be thrown off. I'm going to hear them out. I'm going to give you a little feedback, couple notes here and there, nothing to dismiss what's going on. I still encourage the process. This is just what I hear. This is what I see. But then also when she's dealing with some of the little, you know, <clears throat> the little people in his uh, his orbit, some of the little, you know, the little weird, the weird artists around the, the, the set, you know, around the squad or whatever, she even got stuff for them. She hitting them mm. with jewels. There's a moment where there's one girl, I think her name is Chloe, who we find out is underage, but she kind of, you know, she used to be a heroin addict, and Damn. Tedros brought her on, and, you know, she's talented. She could sing her ass off. She write good songs. She could play the piano. So he, you know, he seen her in the in the gutter and dusted <laughs> off. You know what I'm saying? And, he, you know, and that's the thing. It's weird. It is a fucking... Abusive and wild as this cat could be, he seems to have an eye for talent, <laughs> and definitely has some ways to get shit out of these people. Uh, he's like a cult leader or some real shit. He's a cult leader with an A and R ear. Mm. So, so there's that. So she's good at that. And then there's Nikki, who's more of the. I think that's her name, Nikki. And I gotta find out who she's played by. She's Elo, but she's like. The label exec, right? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> what I like about her, she's ruthless. She's gonna, she's just trying to win for the label. Look, if you can't do it, we're gonna find somebody else that could do it, and that motherfucker might be at your video shoot. You know what I mean? That's just how deep we gonna go. Mm -hmm. So, boom, <clears throat> there's this one moment where, um, and what I wanted to talk about was the, uh, like I said, the machine, how these people play these roles. So, uh, Destiny, who's uh, that's the that's the Vine's character's name, Destiny, and then there's Nikki. They feel very invested, right? Mm -hmm. They feel very in the Jocelyn business. You know how they hit you with the we're in the Ali business. You know what I'm saying? And you know so much so that even Jocelyn's homegirl, I think her name is Layla or something like that. She's like. They're supposed to take care of her. They're supposed to care for her. Like, it's like, come on, mom. She's an adult. But <clears throat> that's the spiel that they sell her. So, like, Nikki is over about to sign somebody else who uh, is related to a Jocelyn situation. Not to do too much spoilers. But <clears throat> she's letting her know. She's like, look, what we're about to do, this has not really been done before. But what <laughs> we're about to do, we're going to put you... We're going to put you on the map. We're going to get you A-list features. You're going to be, you're basically, she's hitting you with all the, she's hitting you with the, the itemized menu of what the machine can do for you, mm -hmm. but in a very deliberate sense, so much so this girl's about to cry because she could feel like the way she said it is like, oh, your life is about to change on this level and that level. Legal team, we got marketing, we got the best choreographers, we got the best cinematographers, the marketing, like everything is just your, trust me, shit is top tier and beyond. Your shit is gonna be heard all over this world. This is your last day as a regular human being, like hitting you with that spiel. And, mm -hmm. <clears throat> You know, as jaded as you can get, especially if you've ever worked within the industry or been with, like, 
or been on that side of the industry, a talent part of it, and maybe spit out or maybe made it through, maybe a product of the machine, uh, <clears throat> you could feel many ways about it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's something to be said about the machine or at least the illusion of the machine as long as you hold up your side of the bargain because it's not like this ain't this is not a favor you know this is a transaction we're gonna get we're gonna get our money's <laughs> worth trust me we're gonna wring this shit like a, a washcloth but <laughs> the roles in how each person kind of puts on their little costume or designated role in investment, whether it's like I'm the product manager and I'm going to go 10 toes down for this fucking client as long as they're a priority. Right. As long as they're on the roster. I'm going to go hard, hard as fuck because that's my job. And it's going to feel, and it might even really be, you know, genuine because this is just my spirit. But my spirit is being licensed or paid for. So at the moment, you're the benefactor of this sermon I got for you. Because, mm-hmm. like, when I tell you, when you see Destiny talking to Homegirl or whatever, you could tell she got the power to lift up these, these artists. If they're in a moment of doubt, like, to really, like, like breathe some air back into them, breathe some life back into them to kind of give them just a little bit more to keep going. And then, mm-hmm. like I said, Nikki is the one that's going to make you feel like you just hit the lotto. And it's both very fucking deliberate. And it's just interesting that, you know, like, you got to be a certain type of person to do this. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it is, you know that type of shit is always kind of very interesting to me. You know, we talked about, you know, the romance of capitalism before, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? When I was talking about the air movie and, you know, the guy that could close a deal and all of that shit. And, you know, that just the, uh, the, uh, the appeal of the motherfucker that could, uh, paint a picture, you know what I'm saying? Paint a hell of a picture, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty deep. And, um, I guess my question to you is, uh, I mean, you've been in the game for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your take on that? How often do you see it? When, and I mean, I guess you don't have to say people's names, obviously, but like, when have you seen it to where that shit looked like magician level uh, fucking presentation? On what, like, from which level? Like, who's the magician? Uh, Any level, like on the on the industry side of you know talking to the talent, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying. It could be management to artists. It could be label to artists. Have you? I'm sure you've been privy to moments where you see because it's one of those things. It's a it's a role to play, and when you could get a, a up close uh, view of that shit. Mm-hmm. It's something special to see because yeah. it's like, oh shit! They this is this is this is a moment here. Right? Uh, have you ever seen it? It hasn't yeah, been yeah. magical. You, mean, you, what you, you remember? It. You see it. <clears throat> I've seen it various times over the years. You know what I'm saying? And, and everybody has seen it, but it just comes off as success. But in the beginning, it's the real work that they're doing on the ground that creates that success. So, you know, I've seen it with. Luke Skywalker and the Ghetto Style DJs. You know what I'm saying? In Miami. You know? And then you see it at... You seen it with Goddamn Bad Boy. 
93. You know, you seen it. Mm-hmm. You seen it with. Well, you you felt the effects of Def Jam all the way through, right? But then mm-hmm. when I came into the picture, it was maybe 1999, and was able mm-hmm. to see it up close. And then you could see how, oh nah, this is why this company is successful. All of the mm-hmm. people are super invested. Everybody down there in every position is a magician. You know what I'm saying? You can't hang around if you couldn't get down. You know what I'm saying? That's when the era when niggas getting cussed out at the job. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm right. saying? Getting shit thrown at them. That's that, that era of shit. Mm-hmm. So that's why you yeah. see that's why you see a lot of people that came out of that camp still successful. You know what I'm saying? People that came out of a lot of people came out of Bad Boy camp is still successful. You know, a lot of people came out of LaFace camp, you know what I'm saying, still successful. Because all of these systems were creating moments created by magicians, you know what I'm saying, as you would say. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> everybody was locked in and loaded, you know what I mean? It's not like now, everybody, I think now, the game is a little jaded, everybody expects success, you know? And people mm. people come in, come out, you know, they, they move in a way before, you know what I'm saying, all of the real groundwork has been laid. Sometimes you skip skip a lot of parts, you know, it's artists that may drop on SoundCloud today and then be doing festivals by the by the end of the summer. You know what I'm saying? So, so a lot of times it's fan oriented. Let's oh, that's working. Let's put them out there. Let's get it. You know what I'm saying? That works. But then I get, I would say the last time I seen it was with Drake when mm. when Drake when Drake first dropped. He was dropped the mixtape. You know what I'm saying? His his machine wasn't well oiled. This nigga was just trying to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? It's like putting the pieces together. Like he he got Wayne, but even the infrastructure was just an upstart. It was like brand new. You know what I mean? So yeah, they had the benefit of already you know having run through the world with Cash Money, but the organization just for Wayne and then Young Money was a brand new organization. And you had young guys putting it together. You had he went home and asked his best friend to manage him. Tez was doing what he could do, like he was learning on the fly, learning as they go. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. six months into the gig or whatever, the nigga sell three million records the first week. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever the number was on Carter Three or whatever. I think that was Carter Three, Carter Two or Carter Three when that shit just went crazy. Mm-hmm. So you go, so you go from, you know what I'm saying, success to, oh shit, top of the world type shit, and you just six months in the game, (laughs) you know, you fresh Mm -hmm. out of college for real, you know what I mean? So you trying to put your pieces together, you trying to make the right alignments, and you know because my sister was there, working as you know the um, director operations, I think at the time she was working with Tez before it blew up. And so now they got to put a company together. You know what I'm saying? Now they got to put this all shit together and then then here come Drake. Drake take it to a whole nother level because now you got one superstar and then a superstar on the rise that's just the perfect mix. He's like the perfect artist, you know what I'm saying? If you had a, a to have a client, he's the perfect one because he checked a lot of boxes. He made good music that played in the streets 
in the clubs, the street niggas loved it, the women loved it, the hair and makeup and the stylist people loved it. You know what I'm saying? Plus, the nigga would show up on time and do all what he got to do. He would take a sponsorship and actually do the, the right things with it. Like, mm-hmm. you, you don't get too many artists like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. artists don't want to have to deal with all that shit. He was the perfect artist. He had just the right blend of music that's not too hard, not too soft, enough for a brand to get down with. You know what I'm saying? This was the era when it was like Plies and Jeezy and Ross. And now you got, you know, Jay-Z was doing his. He was at the top of the food chain. But now you got somebody that can cut through the noise, but that wasn't, you know what I'm saying, totally hard or offensive to where you can't really do no business with them. So it was the perfect storm. That's why he the type of, and then, you know, he had talent. So he became the artist that he became, but it was not no mistake or no secret that, you know, he had all the right materials to do it. And they put together a good team in the background. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. So you seen it. You seen how I look up close. You seen yeah. the, you seen the uh You see the <clears throat> the allure of it all. You see the not just the allure but the the, the people. Cause all this shit is and power. the effectiveness. Yeah, yeah the, it's people. It's real people. Yeah, yeah you're right. All this not shit just is a power, machine. Powered yeah. by people. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. like when you got all those people at Def Jam, it wasn't just one person. It was a bunch of people. It wasn't just Leo Russell and Kevin Lyles. It was Julie Greenwald and Craig Cameron and and uh, what's what's the little burger name? Can't even remember his name. Uh, uh, Mike and Kaiser. Mike Kaiser and you know, then they had the mm-hmm. the still the cooperative partnership with Fat Farm and you know what I mean. It's just yeah. it had a lot of cohesiveness and a lot of people on the ground doing a lot of shit. You had even down to the assistance, my nigga. Even the assistants mm-hmm. that I knew from Def Jam all is in power positions right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Um, what's Benton? Whitney Gale. Whitney Gale. Got down mm-hmm. Ashana them and uh, got down mm-hmm. um, got Eve. All of them, they in power positions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and they was, you know what I'm saying, assistants in the abusive era. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That shit was that shit was abuse, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh man. Right. That's a that's a you know, that's yeah. a you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. the the show y'all watching. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of drugs and all that shit in the and the artist side of it. But if you zoned in on that the ministry people you talk about that's making magic and just looked at their world and their life day to day, that's a whole nother series. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Jane Adams is the um, the actress that plays Nikki on the Idol. Just FYI, she be bossing ass. So I wanted to, you know, make sure I name check her. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, nah, it's it's real. It's real. It is something to see, and I think they captured that pretty well. I mm-hmm. think they captured that pretty well on a certain level. Like I said, I think they capture a lot of the the creative culture of the musician mm-hmm. you know you know what i'm saying so yeah and we'll see if it we'll see if it comes back but if it's just these this little five piece 
It's a five piece. It's a lot of <laughs> shit out here. So I'm not even mad at them tapping out, man. <laughs> Fucking I am Virgo. I'm a Virgo just started. I'm a I got to get into that? that. I'm a Virgo was this new show by Boots Riley of The Coup. You know, mm-hmm. who did um, Sorry to Bother You. And um, it's got, uh, what's my man's name? Jarrell Jerome, who uh, was in, uh, what was he in? He was in uh, When They See Us. He was uh he played one of the exonerated five. Mm-hmm. He was in Moonlight. Young kid. Young kid from, from New York. Good ass actor. Good ass actor. Um, but he plays the lead. But basically the whole story is about a thirteen foot uh black kid. You know what I'm saying? And and the motherfucker looked like thirty feet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it should look crazy. I don't think he's just thirteen feet. This motherfucker like thirty feet. So he, he's like so crazy. Like he he be bench pressing a Caprice classic in his backyard. <laughs> like he's been hidden by um his parents and his parents is played by um Carmen Ajogo and Mike Epps. And uh and it takes place seems like it takes place in Oakland. And it's just like, you know, this kid who's biggest shit, you know, um, they don't really talk about his origin because his mother, uh from I only seen the first episode so far. His mother hasn't really been revealed. We just know it's Mike Epps' sister. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I guess that's his uncle. I'm, I guess that's his uncle and his, I guess his aunt or whatever, raising him. I'm not, again, it's still a little unclear. It's a wild, surreal-ass premise, but that's Boots Riley type shit. That seems mm-hmm. to be his lane when it comes to, you know, TV and film. But that's on Amazon Prime. They dropped the whole season. You know, that's out. The bear just came back, so um, I saw an episode of that. I haven't jumped into that. You know, that's a whole lot. I forgot how chaotic that shit was. I was talking <laughs> to somebody, and I was I was recommending the bear. I was like, yeah, the bear was good because I remember watching. I think maybe that might have been over pandemic, and they were like, yeah, I, I tried. That shit is a little too stressful. Mm. And I was like, where? It was like, yeah, I like to relax when I watch TV. That shit is too stressful. And I kind of forgot because I was like, they kind of get, I guess, the energy of what it is to work in a in a restaurant, especially like a short order type restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, where shit is just like, you know, like, nah, 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 nah. That's the pace. And it comes through when you're watching it. And I think I did turn on episode one, you know, on the late night, like I was about to kind of, you know, take it down, go to sleep a little bit. And I was like, let me catch, what's this, 30 minutes? Let me catch a little 30 minutes of this shit. That shit was so frantic, I had to turn that shit off. I was like, nah, this shit, I can see what they talking about. This shit, I <laughs> forgot the energy. This energy is like, this ain't what you want to go to sleep to. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to I had to turn it off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of TV going on right now. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get back to it. But, you know, you got to be in the, gotta be in the right space for that type of shit. Murder, you know? murder. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what's up. <clears throat> yeah, brother. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh shit. Yeah. I'm just out here doing the, the daddy, daddy man thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Grown things. How's that going? I was going cool. It's going cool. You know what I'm saying? Sent my my daughter to a summer camp at SCAD. <laughs> so she, oh, out of Savannah. Well, it's they out of Atlanta campus as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you know, okay. she's been drawing fashion since she was about eight month, eighteen months old, drawing little wow. stick figures and dresses and and uh, right, high right, heels. Right. So she got all these sketches and shit, 
But you know Recently She kinda like Hadn't been drawing Cause you know She's getting into uh-huh. the You know the teenage thing You know There's a lot of other Distractions out here In the, in the goddamn world So You know I saw this And it was like You know Maybe this would be A cool thing To reinvigorate The uh, Passion So She's doing yeah. that now I think yesterday Was the first day And um, She's sending pictures Of the, her, her little Her little piece That she made And put together Or draped Actually I think This class was A draping class So how to mm. Make shit Without someone You know what I'm saying How to, mm-hmm. how to shit How to drape shit So mm-hmm. She did her little Draping piece You know what I mean But in true Teenage fashion and shit. How'd it go? Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't want to talk. She's like, well, goddamn, shit. I'm paying this goddamn shit, goddamn. Come on now, mm. <laughs> shit. Mm. So, what's draping? Like drape? What's, you know, what like, exactly is that? It's like how clothes fall. You know what I'm saying? How they fall on you? Yeah. And shit? Like, okay, so it's okay. like it's like the the picture she sent was like you know hers was like a little skirt that she wrapped around the uh, mannequin. And mm-hmm. then a, a top where, you know, she wrapped around and then I guess it go up over the shoulder to hold itself together. And then and she had a scarf with it. And then she made a little belt to go with it. So it was um it was pretty pretty fashionable. You know what I'm saying? I see, okay. see some other shit in the background look like longer drape-looking, dresses-looking things. But hers was like some type of skirt. So she's just, you know, she excited about it. Dope, 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 dope. That's what's up. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's into that inspiration. Yeah. So it's yeah. so it's always good to kind of put a um some type of not foundation, but like you know some uh, that first step of going in the direction you want to go in with some uh, real tangible action items and and assignments. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so it's learning in a way that's probably more fun than just having to learn your regular shit in school, and you know, right, right, because you're seeing the shit actually, right. You you you're actually yeah. putting in practice some shit that you think you want to mm-hmm. maybe want to do, even if you don't. She's excited. Yeah, she's seeing excited. She just don't want to talk to me, because you know, teenage, because mm. teenagers, you know, you know, that's something, yeah. You know, the, um, to that point. Uh, well, go ahead, keep going, no, no, keep no, going. That, going. Was, that was that's what I, you know, that's what I had going on. You know what I mean? Okay. Speak on. Okay. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was just like, you know, I don't got no kids, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just FYI. I know kids, motherfucker. Uh, I ain't got streets. no motherfucking kids. See, that's <laughs> y'all, y'all dumbass niggas out here. <laughs> Shit. Nah, man. Y'all doing your thing. But it made me, re- like, I've always been kind of, I always overthought, like, talking to kids as if I wasn't a kid. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But, like, as I've gotten older, I find myself feeling like I don't really have. Shit, I've always been like it's been weird. I was just thinking about this. I was unpacking it. Even I remember when I was growing up. Uh, I guess when I became old enough to hold a baby, you know, it was always like the litmus test. You hold the baby, they'd be like, "Oh, the baby start crying." Like, ah, the baby's crying. I guess the baby don't like you, type shit. So you'd be like, "Ah, fuck this." You know what I'm saying? Here, take the baby. Take the baby. So I'm like, there. Yeah, I guess. Kids don't like me like that. Not that they don't like me, but I just ain't, you know, I'm not all the way 
connected, right? You know, the fact that I don't have a kid, I don't even think that I'm even on that list. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think if somebody had to have somebody watch their kid, they're going to have somebody that's been watching kids. They got some, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So anyway, long story short is like, I was like, more often than not, I think I overthink what I'm going to talk about with these kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what do you like? What are you into? I feel like I got four questions. You know what I'm saying? What you watching or whatever. I don't know what the fuck to talk to these kids about. Because I'm overthinking it. They're people. Mm -hmm. So I said all of that. And I think the funny part about the whole shit was that um, it's like God was like, oh, where I bet. So this past week, I had two situations where I had friends of mine who have children and we were all in a setting to where we all interacting. You know what I'm saying? And I had to kind of exercise my little bit of conversation for teenagers. You know what I'm saying? It's like 15 and maybe 16, 17. So this is like, and one, one was a son, one was a daughter. And this is, you know, these teenagers. So mm -hmm. a lot of the times they looking in their phone. You know what I'm saying? They they present, but they not all the way present. They might have their AirPods in, looking at their phone. So you don't even know if they can hear you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or whatever. But, you know, we had conversations. In both situations, it was, it was cool. You know what I'm saying? It was like, look, I challenged myself. This is my whole new thing, like, just in life. Anything that I feel like... I'm uncomfortable with I've been challenging myself Like fuck it We just gonna have to We gonna have to go We just gonna have to Indulge in this shit We're gonna have to Experience it Fuck it It is not It's just a conversation Don't overthink it You know So we talking Or whatever We kicking it Having a conversation I'm You know I'm asking the same I guess small talk <laughs> questions That I'd ask anybody mm -hmm. What you listening to You know what I'm saying <laughs> What you watching on TV You know what I mean Um uh, you know, yeah, you I guess no podcast. <laughs> I got no kids, so I'm not. Yeah, I ain't got no. I don't know what the kid friendly questions are. You know what I'm saying? But we chopping it up. It's limited. It ain't. You know, it's not the most effusive conversation. Mm -hmm. It's a little stilted, but we making it through. You know what I'm saying? Um, but what was funny though? What was the funny part about the whole shit? Uh, damn. Oh, what was kind of cool was, um, and this was just like on a on a side note, like what I did see though is I got to see like my homies, you know what I'm saying? And like you, you probably one of the first cats that I knew to have children, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like uh, that I seen like raising their kids mm -hmm. like a lot, you know what I'm saying? So. Um, but what I seen, I seen my peoples, see my man, see my man Mingle, see my man D, you know, uh, you know, raising their children and being like real present black fathers. You know what I'm saying? Black and fathers. like really doing dope shit, right? Mm -hmm. And uh like my man Mingle's son, I don't want to go too, you know, it's weird because this this these ain't my kids. But my <laughs> man Mingle said he played ball and shit and uh he's good, you know? So Mingle is cool with uh, well Chris. He's cool with a cat who's like a sports agent. So they came up for like a week. They was in there for a week or whatever, and the sports agent got them tickets to the 
to the draft mm-hmm. at the Barclays. Right. So I thought that shit was really cool because on some like, you know, some visualization shit. You know, if you could see it, you could be it type shit. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I thought that shit was cool. And then um, what I also thought was cool, just, just the levels of parenting, right? Because mm-hmm. I just be watching it from the sidelines. Um, I was, you know, we ain't really get to chop it up, chop it up because a bunch of people at the table. I was like, yo, good seeing you. You know what I mean? Blase skip, we got to catch up. He was like, yeah, no doubt. You know what I mean? Um, he was like, yeah, man, it was cool because I'm just trying to show my son, you know, how to maintain, you know, long relationships. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that shit cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it was just like you being part of a teachable moment. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I it sounds crazy because, I mean, You've been a father for however long. So I'm talking about this shit like it's the most foreign shit to me. Mm. But it was just cool just to see my peoples in that role. Because I don't always see it. You know what I mean? Because oftentimes when I'm kicking it with my peoples, I'm kicking it with them, you know, on some one-on-one shit or with like an adult group. You know what I'm saying? I'm not always around with the kids. So when I kind of see them being fathers and shit, it Mm -hmm. was pretty cool, you know? Um, yeah, so yeah, man. shout out to the black fathers. Black fathers. Yeah. The um said the what? black fathers. Uh black fathers. <laughs> just the drop. Black, black fathers. Mm-hmm. Nah, but uh the trip part about it, like you know what I'm saying, he was like he was trying to just show the the effects of long term relationships and shit like that. Uh-huh. Man, them kids don't be camping. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know they they you, you when you do it. It feel like they don't even care about what you talking about. You know what I'm saying? Long term, it sinks in, and then they get it. But when you saying it, yeah. you want the lesson. You be wanting the lesson to lock in right then. Then you go to the you next. Want the land, yeah. Yeah. Then exactly. you go to the next spot. You be like, damn. You know you done seen this before. You done learned this. And then they be like, man, fuck out of here. You be like, god damn. I done touch this shit, man. Yeah. You supposed to be out, oh, man. You will be ahead of the game if you just listen. Yeah, but they, it all yeah, happens man. in their own speed at their own time. You know, a lot of times the processing don't process the way you wanted to process. You know, mm-hmm. that's the part of parenting yeah, you had to let go of the control that you think you have because you don't. You got the opportunity to impart some shit. You know what I'm saying? Drop some jewels. Which they gonna think that shit ain't nothing but mud for years. Then they gonna wake up one one day, 15, 20 years later, be like, ah, oh, damn, hell yeah. But in the moment, man, it seems like that shit falls on deaf ears. Then, you know, you get around some people. A lot of times you, you don't know how much they listen until you hear them talking to other people. You know what I'm saying? And you just a yeah. casual observer. And you can hear some mm-hmm. shit that you drop. Like, oh, nigga, I thought you ain't been a nigga. Come on, now. He's like, I listen. I always listen. You think I don't listen? I'm like, all right, nigga, you don't be listening when I say that shit. You be running with a they look poked out lip. No. <laughs> Hilarious. They like sponges that always look dry. Right. <laughs> they got. They getting all of that shit up. Yeah, but it's funny that I see this. It seems like this. I would say universal, but I see this common theme of like. Exasperation <laughs> with parents that got teenagers, and that's just being like, ah, fucking teenagers. You know what I mean? Like that's just being that, like, yeah, you know, they teenagers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It just be what it is, and it's just kind of funny to see that shit. Man, but you know, 
the beauty of it is you I guess you do realize and obviously you've seen it you know because you've seen a little further beyond the teenage years you like you said you're going to realize that this shit didn't fall on deaf ears you know like they picking it up they might they might be real casual in their listening they might not be leaning in Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying but they hear that shit they hearing is probably better than ours right you know what I'm saying they still got the kid hearing so they don't even gotta they don't even gotta lean in to really hear they don't gotta turn the volume up they can hear all that shit right with their airpods in right I mean but you know everything don't click the same for everybody you know and Mm. and your kids whole learning style the way they even um relate to the world Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying It might not be the same as, as yours Even if the motherfucker look like you You know what I'm saying And right. you know They might view the world Their relationship with the world Is a whole different thing we, And so you might be telling them something That just don't resonate with The way they see the world You know what I mean And shit I could say that From when I was a kid And you know what I'm saying Like some things my pops tell me That shit stick You're Like yeah you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Dream a life and live a dream. You know what I mean? Then you you know, mm-hmm. you take that to heart. And then you start live trying to live your life and live a dream. You know, like, what, what is you doing? You need, you need to go get a job. <laughs> right, right, right. They forgot they was the author right. of that inspiration. <laughs> right, yeah. but they, they want you to see the world at that point, the way they see it, like, man, do anything to put some money in your pocket. You know? Mm-hmm. And that really wasn't my philosophy. I didn't see the the you know what I'm saying I saw the value in it, but I saw other things that I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Other ways I wanted to try, you know, other pursuits. I just saw life through a different lens and my relationship with the world was very different from his relationship to the world. So when you think about the stuff that you took and the stuff that you left behind, you know, it's gonna be the same with you. Like, nigga, you ain't got all of the right thoughts for everybody. They gonna pick some of that shit up and they gonna leave some of that shit down and you just gonna sit back and be like, you know, it's your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's how I see it. That's real, that's real shit. Black fathers. Uh, you watched the BET Awards? I did watch the BET Awards, man. I watched most of them. I watched the beginning towards at least first two and a half hours. BET Awards, be, that shit like the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, quietly, you forget every year, I forget how long the BET Awards can be. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Cause after a while, I started getting hungry. I had, I had shit to do and all of that, <laughs> dishes to wash. You know, man, I had to like I had to get back to my my regularly scheduled programming. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. What I dug about, what I liked about it, it felt like felt like a family reunion. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know. You know, we I talked about this last week with the whole 50 years of hip hop and watching how so many different outlets are processing it right now you know BET being black entertainment television which was always such a a huge net mm-hmm. you know black entertainment television that shit is a that's the biggest net of all nets that's all blacks all being entertained at once so 
Like, I appreciated what they were doing, you know, trying to be as inclusive as they could. But it was just so interesting. When I say it's like a family reunion, you've seen so many generations within the crowd and within the performers, right? So, like, I seen as I was, you know, I was looking on Twitter while I was watching, I seen a lot of people complaining that the crowd was stale, they wasn't ridded, they wasn't hype, blase skip. I didn't catch that, but a lot of people were feeling that way. Mm -hmm. But what I did realize is, you know, at my age, I guess I got the benefit of seeing a lot of this black entertainment that they was presenting mm-hmm. and even could still appreciate some of the newer shit. So, like, you know, I could see, I think they cut to somebody in the crowd. I could see, like, when they brought out D-Nice doing My Name is D-Nice, mm-hmm. I seen them cut to somebody that looked real confused. Like, why the fuck is D-Nice rapping? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was a little bit of that. But I thought it was dope to... You know, show that, you know, show MC Light. I've seen Luke come out finally because a lot of people have been saying he's been kind of overlooked in this 50 years of hip hop mm-hmm. situation. So they kind of got that off. Uh, I thought that shit was cool. Uh, I thought it was pretty, it was interesting. I guess it's uh, reflective of the times. We've talked about this but a bunch of times that all of the best new artist nominees were women. That was ill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought, uh, my last thought, I mean, I like some of the performances. You know what I mean? I think as far as set goes, maybe not performance, but set goes, I think Ice Spice had the illest set on the whole shit. Mm-hmm. That shit was fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought overall the shit was cool, man. I didn't see Patti LaBelle, uh, I guess, allegedly flubbed the Tina Turner um, tribute. You know what I'm saying? I heard about it, but uh, I ain't see that. But overall, it was cool. I enjoyed it. I'm glad the shit, you know, I'm glad it's still around. I always wish now, because the thing about the BET Awards is they going to show up. Mm-hmm. They going to show up whether or not you show up. Right. And I feel like that should be rewarded by, like, all of the talent. Like, I want more of the, the big name talent to stop through. You know what I'm saying? Show face, just show support. You know, like it's uh, it would be well received, and I think that shit. You know, I just feel like that. You know, that's just I hate using the word culture, but I just think that would be good for the movement. You know what I'm saying? To, to even on at our highest levels, right. still respect what's going on. Well, what you think? You know, but you know, again, artists. Age out, class out of certain things, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you want all of the bigger artists to show up for these things. But when you get to the artist that level, you don't need no more exposure. You don't need, uh, you know, a PR hit. You ain't promoting nothing. You rich as fuck. You know, you ain't got to show up. And then you already realize that, shit, they just using me to sell ads you know what I'm saying? I ain't getting no cut of these ads, man. I'm staying home, man. I'm let the next generation have it. And so that kind of gets in the you know, economics always gets in the way of the culture. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's like, you know, back, you know, when we was doing shit and your favorite artist hit a hundred thousand dollars a show and it'd be like the hood can't afford them no more. You know what I'm saying? You gonna stop seeing that nigga at the regular clubs, nigga want a, a private jet, you know what I mean? 
He ain't gonna be able to come to your regular club no more. So only way you're gonna be able to see him is on a big show nowadays, like on a big festival and shit like that, where it's mostly white people. So at a certain point, you know, artists really, you know, financially age out or class out of certain situations, unless they just really want to do it and they want to show love. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah but yeah, that ain't gonna be it. Yeah. You niggas ain't gonna do that shit. Anymore. It ain't gonna be everything, <laughs> but that's what make love the love. Love don't got no invoice. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, fall through, yeah, show love. But but, you know, show all is getting checks, man. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, but so is CBS when niggas show up for them Grammys. Yeah, that too. Then you start, you, know? you start and to have to balance it out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Is this Grammy gonna raise my price? Or is this BET award gonna make raise my price? So you know you get shit like that, and it's definitely anti-cultural, but mm-hmm. it's the business. Okay. It's the business. Yeah, you know, it's the business. You know it's saying? unfortunate, that, you know. You know, it's the business. Yeah. But it, you know, same yeah. thing happened when we was at the magazine. We was at Vibe. You know what I'm saying? Certain artists, yeah, stop wanting to do shit with us because now they could go to Esquire and they could go to GQ and they could go to Maxim and yeah. shit like that. And it'd be like, we don't yeah. really need y'all no more because our audience, we, we selling more music to the white people. So we want to do the shit where they at. We already got niggas. Right. We don't need niggas. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, yeah. that's, that's why the yeah, shit is yeah. kind of tilted a little bit. You know what I'm saying? The game is a little shifty. So the scandal what, You know what I'm saying? That's why all the rappers <laughs> rapping about white boy drugs now. It was different. They yeah. got a different audience. Yeah. What's the white boy nah, drugs? What are you about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just talking. Oh, Opioids, pills, and perks, Xanax, Molly. All that yeah, shit was yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? White yeah, boy drugs yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Popping yeah, pills so. and, and taking, you know what I'm saying? I think ecstasy was the gateway to the white boy drug for black people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because they was already on that MDMA or whatever the fuck, Molly. And yeah, so I mm-hmm. guess you know, I guess the right around the early two thousands that X started to cross over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a different gateway, different gateway drug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, gateway to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vegas know they got some drugs, boy. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, what you think of the BET Awards? Man, I think it was I think it was exactly what it was supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? It was a bunch of blacks doing a bunch of black things. I like I like because they didn't have no hosts because you know the writer strike that they right. kind of used the DJ to kind of keep mm-hmm. it moving. That was very apropos mm-hmm. to to hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I like. Uh, you know, I like they they tried to hit all the little errors and and, and regions. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think P came and did his. You know, what I'm saying I like how P came out and did his thing. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like, the, of course, the, the Day County niggas coming out doing they shit. Mm-hmm. You know, Trick Daddy, Luke. You know what I mean? I, I just, I just feel like you know, what I'm saying my mommy niggas. You know, what I'm saying need to get in the gym. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. We out there looking like 80, 85 dope boys and shit with the dope boy belly. <laughs> like, yeah, my niggas is looking old. And they got the music for cardio. They make cardio music. Right, but they, you know they, they too like, jaded. No, Miami niggas too jaded. Yeah, nigga, I ain't yeah, going man. no nigga shit. I'm cool. Uh, you know what I'm saying? She can yeah, come rub exactly. this belly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. That shit don't translate well mm-hmm. on the TV. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Oh, you man. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look crazy. <laughs> that shit make a, make a nigga at home do some crunches. Just you know <laughs> off the rip. Like, let me go bust a set out yeah. real fast. And because I a preventative set. Because I know Miami yeah, niggas, man. I know them niggas don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh shit. That's, That's just crazy. look, nigga. Take it or leave That's it. That's funny. Um, what else I fuck with on the on the show? Oh man, Busta Rhymes, right? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? His speech was exactly what we was talking about last week with the black man shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. just, you know, talking about things that's not normally associated with black men. You know what I'm saying? A nigga up there, he crying. He talk about showing love. You know what I'm saying? Hugging. I just want you to know how I feel. You know what I'm saying? The nigga did that shit in front of America on the mic. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just, I just right. feel like, again, it's something there that people are not acknowledging. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He, it ain't like he's saying that because he's trying to uh, persuade people not to do the other shit. It's just that's how niggas be talking and feeling nowadays, and I don't think it has a, it don't have a platform and nobody is really listening in on these conversations that that, that black men be having with, each, with other black men and other black people in general about love and, and mm-hmm. how they feel about they people that they really care about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How they feel about their position in the world and in, in, in life where, you know what I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting this uh, acknowledgement. And I like that he told a story that went long. Fuck that two minutes. The, to break mm-hmm. down how when he got kicked out of the leaders of the new school, how he was just going studio to studio because that is something that innovated the game with the feature. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a nigga mm-hmm. just had a need to eat and feed his kids. Uh, he was right. afraid and innovated the game. You know what I'm saying? Right. He let yeah. his fear, you know what I'm saying, drive his his ambitions and his career and in turn innovated the space. Which, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't really look at it that way, but after you sit and listen to it, you be like, yeah, down, that's right. He did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was that feature everybody he he was on. He was like, "Oh shit, what this nigga finna do?" <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know that's, that's true. That, that scenario that's remix, true. boy. <clears throat> yeah, now nah, he was popping up everywhere. He was popping up everywhere, all types of shit. <laughs> you know, he he kind of cracked the lane open for someone like Wayne. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know who's who's Wayne in it right now. Who's like on the on the weighing level, I do feel like there are people that pop up and do a bunch of features, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, yeah, and they hear that where they say, "What is it? Um, what's the um, necessity is the mother of invention?" Mm-hmm. You know, just when you hear that, when you hear what was the real, the source of that inspiration, like y'all, yeah, let me go through here with this blunt. And, and figure this shit out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me let them hit this hit this blunt and then hit them motherfuckers with this invoice a little later. Yeah, nigga, so you hey, know what nigga, I Because I got to eat. Give them a blunt passing yeah. around. They can't kick me out. <laughs> nah, I could stay. I could stay as long as that shit is burning mm-hmm. and I know I need to have a verse before that shit spin <laughs> back around. Mm-hmm. So, And I'm not going to give you the verse till I'm in the booth. 
Yeah, nah, shit is all by design. It's fly shit, you know, run the play. Mm-hmm. Run the play, make it happen, you know, shit. And after a while, that, that fucking feature becomes a feature. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they, you want the feature. Now the feature is the feature. So, yeah, man, that shit was cool, man. That was good to see. That was good to see. And, um, you know, um, I also appreciate the, uh, and I've seen, you know, he said it in his speech. I can't, somebody else has said it recently, too. But just encouraging the dialogue between the generations. Right. You know, because oftentimes, like, you know, it's it's nah. very, it's like a little civil war damn near. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Get these old niggas out of here. Fuck these young niggas. Who are they? They fucking the game up. Mm-hmm. It'll just be, you know, it just be kind of at odds but, as opposed to unified and to that point. Mm-hmm. Super powerful. Right. You know? But see, that's the yeah. thing. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about the big superstars. It's really... When you put the generations together, it becomes powerful. Cause like, like even when you see the reggae set, you know what I'm saying? It's like in reggae, like it's always room for the generations in mm-hmm. the in the DJ set and in the party. Right. You know what I'm saying? You go to a Jamaican right. party, it be right. all kind of OGs, and you right. be like, yeah, damn, this shit is multi generational. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like right. because that that music when you take out all of the industry and the TV and what's marketable and what's not, and it's just down to the music. The music is always multi generational. You know what I'm saying? You always gonna hear that you don't know Nam or that you know what I'm saying I want to rock, and then you know what I'm saying the new song that that sampled it and shit. You know what I mean? Um, so. It's always room in hip hop to bring in all the generations from all kinds of genres because hip hop samples a lot of genres. A lot of genres play in the field of making hip hop what it is. So it's always room to do that, but it's rarely done. It's always pitted. Like, okay, this the new shit, all the rest of that shit is out of here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, 50th anniversary, I ain't seen Run DMC yet, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Not to say they ain't did something. I'm just saying I ain't seen them. And mm-hmm. them niggas was the cornerstone. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about that. Like, uh, you know, because, shit, Run DMC is arguably the most legendary hip-hop group. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. But I feel as though... Their legacy hasn't been as maintained as some of these other groups. Well, for whatever reason, it's the thing, I don't know, but I'm curious to hear what you mm-hmm. think. But I, from what I'm seeing, you know, obviously the Run DMC logo is still iconic. Mm-hmm. Even the, you know, their silhouettes from their gear and all of that is still very iconic. Mm-hmm. Run DMC still means something, but I'm of a certain age. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if. You 20 and does Run DMC have the same resonance or is it just like some abstract type of thing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What's your thoughts on well, that? Well, I think Run DMC came out in a pivotal time, right? Where things were changing from the old school to a newer school sound. And I think the what hinders Run DMC's legacy is the fact that a lot of that music, even though they're the ones who kind of 
almost they innovated the 808 drum. Mm. They didn't use it a lot. You know what I'm saying? They were like one mm. of the first ones to drop that shit all the way down to a boom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but that was only in a few songs, and in some of those songs, it was just in certain parts of the songs. So when you play their music now, their drums don't even fit in with the drums that we use in this day, which is all 808 based. You know what I'm saying? So it sounds hard. It's like, like people don't really listen to those kind of, they not, the ears are not even tuned to those kind of drums no more. It's like, it instantly sounds like from another generation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think that kind of holds them back because that music is not easily blended you know what I'm saying across what's going on like you know a lot of a lot of um people use like uh it's like that you know what I'm saying like with bass music down in Atlanta they it's like that it's pretty still a still mix but mm-hmm. i think their drums kind of hold them back right now now it may be a time mm-hmm. in history where in the future where those types of drums come back and make us and make a a revival, a renaissance or something. And then it'd be like, oh shit, now they sound is fitting all the way in. But right now, it ain't really like that. I think that's one of the mm. things. You know what I'm saying? Another mm. p- part of it, you know, because they've, they've went a long time, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when you get up to Ron's house, that went all the way into, the, you know what I'm saying? The 2000s. And, 2000s. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so, it's like, they they had a long run. It's like you know what I'm saying, but you know life probably take them in different directions. They might not have been ready to go out and and secure their legacy after JMJ died. You know what I'm saying? Russell Simmons on the lamb. You know what I'm saying? Might not. Ju- it might just not been the same. And you know, Rev Ron is Reverend now. He ain't, you know, shit. He he tired of walking across the stage grabbing his nuts. So he might not do it as often. You know what I'm saying? And 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 Run DMC's music was very youthful. And yeah, it's me. Um, like their whole style was, it was an old school style. Even though they was in a new era, they just they mm-hmm. innovated an old style. It was all about right. I'm me. I'm me, me, me. I'ma walk across this stage, grab my nuts, and wear this gold chain and this hat. You know what I'm saying? And once hip hop evolved past that. Once Big Daddy came them and Rock M came and started putting all them words and all this, you know, real thoughtful shit. Then that next generation, that native tongue generation and all that shit, man, nobody don't want to hear you just talking about I'm this, I'm that. Rapping about rapping, you know what I'm saying? They didn't have a whole lot that was like story based and shit like that that kind of stand the test of time. They were, it was just like flex rap. Like, you know, we got flex rap today, but it's in a whole nother form. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think those are some of the things. Like hard times, it's like that. That stuff kind of flows through, told like, you know what I'm saying, a, a, a societal type of story. But, you know, you don't hear, you don't listen to Peter Piper all the time. You only really hear that when the DJ's about to get busy, and that might even be a little dated. Right. Now, but that used to be the ultimate flex for a DJ right. to hit the, there it is. You know what I mean? Right. Throw that shit a million times. 
Maybe, you know, to your point, you know, there's other shit going on, variables and things like that. I was going to say maybe a documentary would be helpful. Um, Because I know they they did benefit from, what was it, Tougher Than Leather? What was that? They were, like, one of the first groups to really benefit from from movies, Mm -hmm. whether it's Crush Group, you know what I mean? So it's like a lot of these... These other groups that their legacies seem to be a little better maintained have benefited from some documentaries, whether it's Tribe and their documentary, Wu-Tang and their documentaries. I don't know if there's been a documentary about Public Enemy, but I just feel like Public Enemy, you know, they just, since they were like some of the first rappers that were about, you know, activism and fight the power, like that shit is not really... That's evergreen. That ain't going nowhere. But it's just, you know, when it was the conversation, obviously you got, you know, groups like Outkast and things like that, which is a little bit more recent. But when you talk about certain groups and greatest of all time for years, you know, Run DMC was just like, that was just knee jerk. Yeah, boom, Run DMC. Mm -hmm. But as of late, it definitely feels like there needs to be some type of reminding going on. Right. But we'll see. Murder it up. Uh, yeah, man. Shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. What's up? Shit. That's about it. Shit. Oh, man. Um, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of other shit we could talk about, but I think I'm about to transform. We can hold some of this shit. Mm-hmm. To uh, to next week, you know what I mean. Push a little bit off, unless you got something else you want to get off your chat. Nah, that's it, player. All right, we well, shit. Hello, hello. We'll see you next week, and until next week, uh, tell a friend to tell a friend, and even an enemy, to get in the conversation. We out. Wow. And the main thing of it all is to be in a conversation.